Pastor Xavier Reese on hearing and heeding the call of God. Notice Jesus called Philip to do what? Follow him. How many people hear the call and they don't follow? Jesus knocks on the door of their heart and they reject it. Philip followed. When God's word came to you, you picked up and followed him. Now, will you continue to follow him? It's a daily decision, isn't it? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. What does it take to be a man or woman of God? Surely there are a lot of qualifications to meet to be an apostle or one to have written a book of the Bible, right? Well, coming up, Pastor Xavier explains in our Simple Truths character study of the Apostle Philip, being used of God is mainly determined by how well we yield to God. Let's listen. The men that God uses and that he has used from the beginning of time are not men that are perfect. They're men who are imperfect and they fail God like any other person. We don't have to take too long a survey. We can begin with Noah. And um, he certainly did not obey completely. In fact, after the flood, he got drunk and laid naked as he was passed out. So much for destroying all the sinners of the world, huh? Noah was one, so he started all over again. Abraham didn't obey right away to depart from the earth of Chaldees till the death of his father, till years afterwards. Jacob was a scammer of scammers, probably second to his mother, Rachel. David, an adulterer, a murderer, a horrible father. Jonah, a carnal and self-willed prophet, unwilling to see the worst of men to be saved. The twelve apostles were no different. And so often people say, what kind of men and women does God use? People just like you and I. And then God transforms us. There will be no good people in heaven. Only bad people that have repented. But there will be a lot of good moral people in hell. Because they think by being morally good, they can get to heaven. And that is tragic. And so, God has chosen to use men and women like you and I to be a witness to the world, to be a picture of what God can do and who he can use, that there might be hope in the lives of others. As I said, what makes a difference is when men yield to God and they walk in the Spirit. Philip is one of these men that needed to learn to yield to God, to walk in the Spirit. And three things will reveal this for us. We're going to look again at the man Philip, the call of Philip, and once again, the Apostle Philip. And these kind of are categories that just fit them all. And they kind of bring out all these truths as we search out the Scriptures to hang all our thoughts on. First of all, the man Philip. Philip's name appears only 14 times in the New Testament. His name appears three times in the Synoptic Gospels in the lists of the 12 apostles. In Matthew 10.3, 
And that's the order that we're following in Matthew's gospel. Mark 3.18 and Luke 6.14. The appearance is, as I said, in the list of the 12 apostles. If we only had Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that's all we would know about Philip. We would know nothing else about him because that's the only time he's mentioned. The appearance of his name is always the first in the second group of the next four apostles. Remember? Peter, James, John, Andrew, first one. Philip is the first of the next group of four. The man Philip is the leader of the second group of four. He's always found in the head of the list there. But this second group of four is least and less intimate than the first four. And we've already talked about that we have to be careful we don't conclude that God has favorites, right? But it's part of wisdom of being able to delegate and to spend that time with those that God brings about and then they in turn pour themselves into others because you can't be the same with everybody. You can't spend the same time with everybody. Very important. The Apostle Philip is joined with Nathaniel, we're going to see. He comes after Philip. Perhaps an indication as his co-labor as Jesus sent them out two by twos. It's not told us that, but it's a good guess. Now, his name appears ten times in the Gospel of John. And this is where we get our riches in Philip, in John's Gospel. It is in John's Gospel that we get the greatest and the only information about Philip. This information is all that God saw fit to provide for us. In order to study and to learn the distinct and different kind of individual Philip was from the other 11. So when we read our Bible, we have to read it with a fine comb. You have to be like a detective. You have to turn every little leaf. You have to ask the questions. Why, where, who, when, how? Who's speaking? Why is he saying this? So that my text can speak to me. Because everything I need to know about these men and women is in the Bible. We must look carefully and long to search out the riches hidden in Philip for our learning. Now the ten times his name appears in John's gospel here related to four events. The first event is Philip's calling. We'll look at that later on more in depth. Chapter 1 of John, verse 43 through 48. And then secondly, we have Philip's calculating mind. And we find that in John 6, around 5 through 7. Then thirdly, we have Philip's closed heart. In John 12, 21 and 22, the key verses there, where the Greeks came to him and he didn't receive them right away. And then the fourth and last was Philip's slow mind in John 14, 8 and 9, where Jesus said he was leaving. He says, well, show us the Father. It'll suffice us. <laughs> Interesting. We'll look at these more in depth in our latter point. Now, his name appears once in the book of Acts. You know the list. Chapter 1, verse 13. The fourth list of the 12 apostles. Four times that list comes. Now, 
His name is followed by Bartholomew in the three synoptic gospels in the list of the twelve. His name, Philip, in Greek, is comprised of two words. The first word means friend. We get our word phileo from it, philos. And the word hippos, which means horse. The two make up his name, which means a lover of horses. It's a Greek name, yet he was Jewish. Remember many times the custom of bearing a Greek name in a Jewish name was not uncommon. We don't know his Jewish name. He is known by his Greek name. Now, secondly, Philip is not to be confused, okay, because there's many different individuals that have the name of Philip. Within the scriptures, sometimes people confuse Herod because there's different Herods that are named, and you have to distinguish them. And so the same here with Philip. He is one of the twelve as we've given you the list there, he is distinct from Philip the Evangelist. You remember Philip the Evangelist in Acts chapter 6? He began as one of the deacons in the early church serving tables in Acts 6-5. He became Philip the Evangelist. That was what he was known by as God gifted him in the gift of evangelism in Acts 21-8. He is the only one who's ever called evangelist. Not that there isn't any other doing evangelism, but he's the only one that's called that in the scriptures. He is distinct also from Philip, who was the tetrarch of Iturea. You remember, one of the sons of Herod the Great. And we find him in Luke 3.1. He's also distinct from another son of Herod the Great, who was the first husband of Herodias, who was disinherited by his father and lived a private life. And you get that in Matthew 14.3 and Mark 6.17 and Luke 3.19. So the distinguishing between these, so you isolate him apart from all others and you don't confuse him. Now, some of the important things, thirdly, is the home of Philip. He is from Bethsaida in Galilee. Matthew 10.3 and Mark 3.18 tell us that. We've heard that name before. Some of the other apostles are from there. He is from the same city that Andrew and Peter were from, and without any doubt, friends with them. Now, we've, we've kind of crossing this over at the different studies, right? It seems that God works within circles of people, because it only makes sense that people who know one another work better together. There's already a common relationship. You see, that's why it's best within the church that those who do the work of the church are those who are the family of the church. And God raises them up. John 1.44 gives us there the fact of Andrew and Peter from the same city and no doubt friends. He probably therefore was friends with James and John also because they were partners in business as we've studied with Peter and Andrew. Now do you see the circle expanding a little bigger? God is working, and that's the way he works with you and I and others around us. He could have very well been a fisherman, though we are never told that he's a fisherman. But it's a guess. And most likely, he was also one of the disciples of John the Baptist. It seems that these guys were being awakened. They were young guys. They were young men looking for the Messiah. Young men with expectation. 
My prayer constantly as a pastor is, Lord, awaken the young men and women in the church. I remember when God touched our lives, we were all in our early 20s. What a change it made in our life. And we ministered the gospel and teenagers got awakened. And their lives made all the difference in the world. Rather than destroying their lives, they served the Lord. But there were those who didn't. And now 26 years later, their lives are destroyed. And it made all the difference in the world. One day a missionary and his wife were on the same ship that Teddy Roosevelt was returning from one of his African safaris. And all the crowds were cheering to welcome him. The missionary looked over to his wife and said, We've spent all our lives in the mission field. And no one's here to welcome us home. His wife said, Honey, we're not home yet. (laughs) We're not home yet. We got to constantly be reminding ourselves of that, don't we? Let me tell you, when you get home, it's going to be a great day. And everything will be worthwhile, I guarantee you. Some of the most acknowledged people in heaven are going to be those who have never been known on earth. Keep that in mind. (laughs) And some of the people that are the best known here on spiritual circles, they've had their reward here. Even as Paul told the servants of his day to serve their masters not with eye service as man pleasers, but with servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart in Ephesians 6.6. 6. What we do, we do out of the heart. Not to be seen. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he's slave or free, Ephesians 6.8 says. This was the man Philip. Now, secondly, we look at the call of Philip. Here in John 1.43, it says, The following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Notice that Philip was found by Jesus. Don't miss that. Jesus had been found by Andrew and John the day before. But Jesus then wanted to go into Galilee, it says, Not for mere adventure, not for mere relaxation. Jesus went into Galilee to find Philip. There was a goal, there was a purpose. The plan of Jesus in choosing certain men included this man, Philip. He was the next on his list. He is the only one that is said to be found by Jesus. No other one has said that of. Inasmuch as the scriptures tell us regarding Jesus when he told his disciples, I must needs go through Samaria. The same way here. He had Philip in mind. The plan was to use him to preach the gospel to the world. Now, Philip had no idea of this. Just like when God saved you, you had no idea how he was going to use you. If he would have laid it all out before you, you would have said, oh, no, not me. But he takes you a step at a time. He opens those doors. He chose them with all his imperfections, with all his limitations, 
with all his objections. The plan was to transform it into the image of Christ's master. Making him less like what he was at the time he came to Jesus. Making him more like his master from the time that he came to follow Jesus. Notice Jesus called Philip to do what? Follow him. Follow me. He is the fourth to receive the call of discipleship. John had followed Jesus and Andrew as John the Baptist pointed them to Jesus, the Lamb of God, in chapter 1, verse 40. We've seen that. This is a day after Jesus had called Andrew and Peter. Notice he followed Jesus when he heard a call. How many people hear the call and they don't follow? How many people Jesus knocks on the door of their heart and they reject it? Philip followed. He did not procrastinate by saying that he had many things he wanted to do first. He did not hesitate saying that he wasn't sure if it was worth it or the right thing to do. He was ready for both the call and to follow Jesus as a life of commitment, not a mere part-time association. Follow him. When God's word came to you, you picked up and followed him. Now, will you continue to follow him? It's a daily decision, isn't it? It's a daily commitment. Now notice in verse 45, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses is in the law, and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of of Joseph. So the second thing we see is that Philip found Nathaniel. Philip decided to find Nathaniel, one of his close friends. He is like Andrew, but more selective in who can come to Jesus, as we'll see. He is calculating and rational, not minding. Nathaniel to come to Jesus, but not sure about some Greeks that will come to him later. <laughs> we can identify with Philip in some areas, can't we? <laughs> Nathaniel is the same person as Bartholomew, by the way. Keep that in mind so you don't think they're two different people. Bartholomew and Nathaniel is the same person. Notice still there, verse 45, Philip declared that they had found him whom Moses and the law had also declared, also the prophets. The implication being that he was a student of the word of God. That's a good key to pick up. Philip was a student of God's word. For God to speak to you, you've got to be a student of God's word. You've got to have that connection. You've got to have the resource for him to speak to you. He obeyed the commands of the law. That Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 and Joshua 1, 8, meditate upon the word day and night. You should be prosperous and have good success. He was a student of the word. He was being guided by the truth of God's word, not the trends of the day. So important. There are many Christians today 
who are not being guided by God's word, but they're being guided by their emotions, by the trends, by other people's opinions. Notice the evidence being that he was looking and searching. He was a student searching, not really going for head knowledge. That can be a problem. He was believed, or he believed the promises of God. You see, as he was searching, there was a longing. So what he was searching and studying, he was believing. He was looking for God to act in his lifetime. He believed what he was reading. He believed that God was able to do what he had promised. And he was sure that he had found who? God. He came and told his friend. When you, do, when you find something, you, you, whatever it may be, you want to share it with somebody, right? You don't want to keep it to yourself. Notice the fulfillment of John the Baptist's ministry had been fulfilled. The glory of the Lord had been revealed and all flesh saw him, Isaiah 40, verse 5. Jesus was there. The road had been prepared faithfully for the Lamb of God, fulfilling Malachi 3.1. The Messiah had appeared suddenly in his temple in partial fulfillment as he cleansed the temple in the beginning of his ministry. Malachi 3.1 also. He had arrived. You see here, Philip identified Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah. The long-awaited Messiah. Jesus is his human name, which means Jehovah is salvation. It is the Greek name of the Hebrew name Joshua, as you know. They both mean Jehovah's salvation. But he points out that he was from Nazareth in Galilee and that he was born the son of Joseph by name, but not by conception. For as you know, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 1, 18 and 20 is clear in many other scriptures. Now notice in verse 46... Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Nazareth was not the most reputable place. It was not the most cultured place. It was a place of poverty, a place of corruption. Notice Philip, he says, Come and see. He invites Nathanael to come and see. Two simple words. Come and see. Now, this comes to every person. It must be decided by each person. It will affect each person's eternity. You have to make that decision. I have to make that decision. No one can make it for you. Come and see. Philip does not argue with him. Some people are just looking for an argument. You say, come and see. <laughs> you evaluate yourself. You see, the blessing was to see the Messiah of God. Seeing one's need of forgiveness. When you come and see if he's the Messiah and if your heart is open, first of all, you will see your need of forgiveness of your sins. If you come for yourself, you will see your need of forgiveness of sins. Second, you'll see your need for transformation. 
cannot remain the same. That's why it's so good. Come and see. Pastor Xavier Reese offering the same challenge that the Apostle Philip gave. Come and see how only the God of the Bible can truly meet your needs. And there's much more of this message to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy. And the title you want to ask for is simply Philip. It's available on CD for only $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Philip, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 